Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Talk about things that make you feel old. Welcome to the Overnight Scape Central. Not that that makes me feel old. It's the Beatles anthology. I mean, a lot of this stuff makes me feel like I'm looking back over this vast lifetime that I turned around and I seem to have lived. But the Beatles anthology is really interesting because I see it as pretty new. Like, new. Oh, wow, they came. And... It's approaching 30 years ago now, 1995. Um, it's just going to be me and Frank Nora, apparently, this time around. Oh, you you former contributors, I guess you're busy, bored. I'm not sure what we did here when we lost the trail and took a few weeks off. That might have been it. But I'm hoping you guys come back. And if not, it appears that Frank and I are committed to this project, both the central and working through all of these Beatles albums. And it's I don't I don't look at the listenership numbers and that would be a bad habit for me to start doing. If you're listening, you're appreciated, as the appreciator would say. But this what the the important thing about this was after John Lennon passed, they the remaining Beatles got together and did two songs, the first of which is on Anthology 2, Free as a Bird. And I'm sure we'll talk about that specifically, as well as just releasing tons of stuff that nobody thought was ever going to be released. All the little audio clips. I mean, this is the first Beatle album that's an official canon album that just in between songs there's little comments i mean and that the beatles doing that'll be the day and my favorite early beatles bootleg recording because you can just about hear Stu sutcliffe and i don't think any of the old beatles uh, i think these were uh, what the 1960 Forthen Road Liverpool recordings with the Beatles rehearsing, I believe, without a drummer. That that instrumental Cayenne just has this really cool guys having fun in the garage feel, and things like the Tony Sheridan single and stuff from the fabled Deco auditions when they are. Uh, auditioned for Decca Records and were rejected. I, I remember getting the bootlegs of that years ago, and now it was officially released and cleaned up. Um, this is all pretty much very early Beatles stuff done very well, stuff pulled off of their TV appearances and so forth. So uh, we got Frank Edward Nora, who's going to lead us through this, and I will add any commentary in between. And let's all kind of turn the clock back and I, I just can't believe that, that when this came out it just feels like yeah 10 years ago maybe but this is a phenomenon of aging this stuff starts to bunch up it would appear if you follow what I mean in any case um, I'm handing the floor and your ears over to Frank Edward Nora as we listen together yeah, I remember when uh, Beatles Anthology came out because um, at that point in like the mid-1990s, I was uh, only recently uh, had become a big Beatles fan, around 1990, 91. 
I really discovered the Beatles and started uh, getting everything I could get my hands on uh, by the Beatles. Now, of course, around 1987 is when the CDs, uh, the Beatles CDs came out, and there was a reorganization of how the albums were set up. So they, they chose the British versions of the main albums uh, to release as CDs. The American versions were then uh, sort of set aside. I know that at some point in the intervening years, there was a some kind of a box set, on I believe, on CD of the American uh, versions. But for the purposes of the reorganization of Beatles material, um, they went with the original British versions. Generally, I think the stereo versions, right? And I know there have been, there's been like a CD box set of the mono stuff. It's one thing when it comes to the Beatles. There's uh, there's endless variations and configurations and all sorts of things uh, going on. Um, and then in '88, uh, the Past Masters that uh, came out, volumes one and two, which uh, collected all of the uh, the tracks that had been officially released that were not on any of the main albums. So the idea was back then, if you got all of the albums, however many there were including Magical Mystery Tour, which was the U.S. version, because there really was no British version of that, plus Past Masters, you pretty much had all of the uh, officially released stuff by the Beatles. Um, but, of course, there were a lot of... And even back then, I remember uh, getting on cassette all these different bootlegs, something called the Black Album, which was a lot of the outtakes of the Let It Be sessions. Um, <coughs> so there was a lot of stuff floating around. So this anthology project uh, was was huge because it was uh, it was uh, both a TV show and a series of three double CD uh, releases that came out over the course of time. I think I'm going to look at the actual dates and stuff in a minute here, but um, I remember being really excited. To, I watched it on on uh, it was on broadcast television. I think it may have been ABC television in the U.S. I remember taping it on VHS so I could watch it over and over again. And um, getting the double CDs when they came out, and th those were in those uh, the thick jewel cases that could contain two CDs, you know, on on each side. I don't think I still have. I think I got rid of those. I mean, I I, I ripped them because I think it's funny. I think there's I think there's a song or two that are not on streaming because of some weird rights issues. But uh, anyway, yeah, it was a big project going over the history of the Beatles, and of course releasing stuff that hadn't been heard before. So, for example, I think it's on Anthology 3, the song What's the New Mary Jane had never been officially released before. What a shame Mary Jane had a pain at the party. That song, yes. And uh, as, as we mentioned last time, I think, or recently, uh, even as of today, there's one big song that hasn't been released, which is Carnival of Light, which was going to be on one of the anthologies, but apparently... Uh, several of the Beatles vetoed that idea for some reason. Um, and, of course, the big selling point of Anthology 1, which we're, we're covering Anthology 1 today, is that there's a brand new Beatles song for the first time since, what, 1970, a new Beatles song. Free as a bird, it's the next best thing to be. This was a demo recorded by John Lennon before he uh, was uh, was killed in 1980. 
and uh, with everyone on board, uh, Yoko and all the other Beatles, they uh, all agreed to uh, flesh it out into a full song, including putting some backwards stuff at the end. Uh, that's a good song, you know, Free as a Bird. Um, that was really exciting that there was a new Beatles song. And it is technically a Beatles song, but it's, you know, it's... John Lennon wasn't really... I mean, he started it, but he since he passed away, he's sort of not available to weigh in on the whole thing. But um, And then, of course, there was another song called Real Love. It's real love, it's real... Uh, for our anthology too but for some reason they did not they were not able to get a third new Beatles song for anthology three just those two new Beatles songs and uh, I started watching the anthology series it's on uh, on the internet archive there's a there's a copy of uh, the anthology I may I may have a copy of it still on VHS I'm not sure that I taped off TV but anyway I have I started watching it a few months ago uh, but I need I need to get into watching the uh, anthology. Um, <clears throat> let's get some dates here and uh, see when this all when did this all really happen? The specific years was it like ninety six, ninety five, ninety four, something like that? It was a very very mid nineties kind of thing going on. Let's see what we can find here. Oh, and by the way, before I forget, um, the Ruddles, the the parody group of the Beatles, they. They put out a great album a few years after this called the the Ruddles Archaeology that was kind of based on anthology. Really good album too. All all uh, you know all original, all new, somewhat parody songs, but somewhat good songs in their own right. Uh, the Ruddles, but we're not talking about the Beatles, not the Ruddles. Let's see. The Beatles anthology is a multimedia retrospective project consisting of a television documentary. A three-volume set of double albums and a book describing the history of the Beatles. Beatles members Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr participated in the making of the works, which are sometimes referred to collectively as the Anthology Project, while John Lennon appears in archival interviews. The documentary series was first broadcast in November 1995 with expanded versions released on VHS and Laserdisc in 1996. And on DVD in 2003, well, you had to wait a few years for the DVD. Did they even have DVDs back then? Hmm. I'm trying to remember when DVDs came out. The Laserdisc, that must be worth worth something. The Laserdisc of Anthology? Wow. The documentary used interviews with the Beatles and their associates to narrate the history of the band as seen through archival footage and performances. The Anthology book, I see, I don't think I ever had the book, released in 2000, okay, that was a few years later, Parallel the documentary in presenting the group's history through quotes and interviews. Quotes from interviews. The initial volume of the album set on Anthology 1 was released the same week as the documentary's air date, with the subsequent two volumes released in 1996. Okay, so, so the next year. They included unreleased performances and outtakes presented in roughly chronological order, along with two new songs based on demo tapes recorded by Lennon after the group broke up, Free as a Bird and Real Love, both produced by Jeff Lynne. He was, uh, wasn't he in uh, The Traveling Wilburys with George Harrison? I believe so. Let's see, so when did this come out? So yeah, it was ABC, I was correct. And it, it, it initially aired in three parts, uh, Sunday, November 19th, 1995, and then Wednesday, November 22nd, and Thursday, November 23rd. 
And yeah, I remember watching that. Yeah. Anthology 1 was released around that same time. Wow, 450,000 copies of Anthology 1 were sold on the first day. The most sales for an album in a single day ever. Wow, that's amazing. I did not know that. Uh, Pete Best, the band's first drummer who uh, was replaced by Ringo Starr in 1962, before the Beatles recorded professionally for EMI, received his first substantial Beatles royalties from this album for the inclusion of early demo tracks on which he played. Wow, this is a windfall for Pete Best. Oh, man, that Pete Best guy. I don't know. As much of an appreciator I am, that guy, at least especially at the time he played with the Beatles, was not a very good drummer. Uh, All the other innuendos. I remember early on in Howard Stern's um, FM career, he, he did stuff on AM, but... He really became Howard Stern when he worked at K-Rock in New York. And early on, one of the first celebrity interviews he got was an interview with Pete Best. And Pete Best was just such a bitter SOB until he got this anthology money, which was probably eight, ten years later, because Stern went over to FM radio about 1987 or so. It was just... Oh, this miserable guy, and Howard Stern, of course, bringing all that out. I'm sure somewhere the Pete Best interview is out there, and he's promoting an album that was terrible called Best of the Beatles. I just, Pete Best was, I mean, I understand feeling that way. I mean, you were in this band, and just as they were making it, they tossed you out and became the greatest band in the history of the world. What? (laughs) Yeah, I could, but, and I never saw those TV shows. I may, I don't think I've ever seen the anthology things, but I saw you know, bootleg VHSs, and there used to be a thing called Beetlefest that went around and was midnight shows in the 1980s, and they had all the, you know, horrible film, you know, renditions of the BBC stuff and appearances they made and live stuff, but at the time, there was nothing else, so I used to go, and those were great, but And the other thing I wanted to mention at this point is, to me, and uh, fight me, uh, Free as a Bird is not a Beatles song. It just isn't. I don't think, had John Lennon had the opportunity to somehow get back with the boys, they would have recorded anything like that. To me, Free as a Bird, it's not even a cash-in. It's the remaining Beatles getting together and... Well, maybe a little bit of a cash-in, but I don't know. And, and it sounds to me like George Harrison was completely cajoled into it uh, by Paul and maybe Ringo. I mean, Ringo's just amiable and probably went along with anything. But uh, to me, and there's nothing wrong with Free as a Bird, except it's kind of slow. And meh, it, it's not even a good John Lennon song. I mean, if John Lennon was, if they were going to put out a posthumous John Lennon album, it would have been like one of those songs in the middle of a side. It wouldn't have been a single. But it was still close enough to the Beatles' heyday, I think, that it really caught on. And and the other song, I, 
I can hear Free as a Bird in My Head, that other song, which I'm sure we'll discuss further when next week when we look at, I'm going to put uh, anthologies two and three together into one show. I'm eager to work our way out of this Beatles uh, mode. Well, I'm very proud of it. I mean, some of these shows are great. It is time for the Overnightscape Central to stop being Beatles Central. And, and there's a lot of topics that I think we can have a good time with. And uh, But again, uh, I'll, I'll be begging you later. If you have anything to say about the Beatles, your time is running out. Um, yeah, and back to Frank. Nice. And then two was released March seventeenth, ninety six, and three, October twenty eighth, ninety six. Almost a year later. And the 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 album covers uh, sort of like collages. It looked almost looking like uh, posters put on a wall, ripped off. And there's many layers. And and the three uh, covers together form sort of a a long painted collage of various peeling posters. Yeah. All three albums were made digitally available on the iTunes Store on June 14, 2011, alongside a new Anthology Highlights album, which features a selection of tracks from all three albums. Wow. Anyway, let's see. The book. So here are some notes on unreleased recordings. During early 1995, as work on the Beatles anthology continued, Yoko Ono and Paul McCartney recorded an avant-garde piece called Hiroshima Sky is Always Blue. Ono provided vocals and McCartney played bass, while Sean Lennon, Linda McCartney, and McCartney's children played various instruments. The piece was broadcast on Japanese public television in memory of the 50th anniversary of the atomic bombing of Hiroshima. So, I don't know if that would... That's not really like a Beatles song, but, you know, I don't know why they're mentioning that, but, yeah. And then the track Carnival of Light, as I mentioned, recorded during the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band sessions, was intended to be released on the Anthology 2 album, but was vetoed by George Harrison. Gee, thanks, George. Come on. We need to hear that song. It was reported that McCartney, Harrison, and Starr worked on a new composition called All for Love in March 1995, intended as a track on Anthology 3, but the effort was abandoned. No version of the song has reached the public, so all for love. See, I did not know about that one, or at least I forgot if I knew about it. Uh, oh, and they mentioned parodies. Yeah, the Ruddles, Ruddles Archaeology. And Weird Al parodied the Beatles Anthology uh, in an Al TV special. Hmm. Also parodied on the Dana Carvey show in Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Had the host had the remaining Beatles adding music and doing backup singing to a fictitious vocal track of John Lennon's answering machine messages. Answering machine message, yes, a lot of a lot of parodies of of the anthology uh, sessions, but. uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I didn't know about that All for Love. So th- it sounded like they were going to just do, the three of them were going to do a new Beatles song without John Lennon, but it was abandoned. Oh, well. Hmm. Does this, does this link, uh, this is like a dead link. Wait, no, I found it. It's on the archive. Let's see, here's from 2008. 
This comes from Peter Hodgson, who, as you can see, has a familiar friend. Peter Hodgson here from Liverpool. I wrote, I write to clear up the mystery of All for Love. I visited Paul McCartney at his recording studio on March 27, 1995, saying that him, George, and Ringo have been working on this uh, song, All for Love. Let's see. Hmm. I, I don't really understand what this is. I think they're just trying to confirm that that was the name of the song they were working on that never got released. Yeah, I mean, that kind of goes against, the, you know, all four of them being the Beatles and u using John Lennon's demos, yada, yada. Ah, what do you want? Anyway, let us check out Anthology 1. Of course, Anthology 1 is very much... Uh, the early history of the Beatles, the origins with the earliest tracks and early performances and stuff like that. So it's the early days. You want to see if they have that um, best of anthology situation going on here. Looking on Apple Music. Compo yeah, anthology highlights. Interesting. It's like three albums in one. Uh, interesting. Anyway, we're here to check out Anthology 1. Where is Anthology 1? <laughs> why why can't I find it? Ah, yes, here it is. Oh yeah, they have in the middle they have that the classic image the savage young beetles. Uh, I don't think they have the video documentaries for this one, though. Like they had on the other albums. Here's what it says. Here's their description of Anthology 1 from 95. From rare recordings with Stuart Sutcliffe and Pete Best in their short time with the Beatles to the band fine-tuning their live skills from Hamburg to Sweden. The first in the Anthology series is filled with historic milestones and incredible music. Anthology 1 leads off with Free as a Bird, originally a demo recorded by John Lennon in 1977 and reworked by George Harrison, Ringo Starr, and Paul McCartney in 1994. From there, this collection chronicles the band's fiery R&B-fueled years from 1958 through 1964 and features previously unreleased recordings, live versions, alternate takes, and interview snippets of the band as they began to set the world aflame. So, starting off here, Free as a Bird. Right, we know this song, Free as a Bird. And what's the backwards stuff at the end? What does that say? Paul is dead? Can we find the backwards version? Hold on. All right, here's, here's the end played backwards. What is this stupid ad? I don't want to add my favorite coffee. Here we go. Made by John Lennon. Oh, turned out nice again, played backwards. Okay. 
Okay, so it sounds like you said made by John Lennon, but he's actually saying turned out nice again. All right, that's kind of cool. I did not know that. I think I did know that, but I forgot. Listen, it's been a long time. Turned out nice again, yeah. Turned out nice again, yeah. So that is the big new song. And then they have a lot of these little interviews. You know, like, 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 we were four guys that uh, I met Paul and said, do you want to join the band, you know? And then George joined. And then Ringo joined. We were just a band who made it very, very big, that's all. So there's a few songs by the Quarrymen before, before they were the Beatles. That'll be the day in, in spite of all the danger. In spite of all the danger. Good stuff. Yeah. Here's uh, Sometimes I borrow a tape Paul. recorder from Grundig with a little green eye, and we sort of go around to my house and try and record little things. <clears throat> I still remember doing Hallelujah, I Just Love Her So, because I had the Eddie Compton record. <laughs> but those are very much home demos, very bad quality. But I think a couple of those still exist. So then they play some of the home demos. Hallelujah, I love her so, you'll be mine. And uh, Cayenne. The home demos, nice. Then we have another interview snippet here. First of all, we made a recording with a fellow called Tony Sheridan. We were working at a club called the Top Ten Club in Hamburg. And we made a recording with him called My Bonnie, which got to number five in the German hip parade, but... <laughs> It never, it didn't do a thing over here. My bonnet. Yeah, they were, they were like the backing band for this guy named Tony Sheridan. I wonder how he felt when they blew up. Oi, those are the guys that were backing me up, and now, wow. And then also, Ain't She Sweet? I'm not sure where this fits in. And then Cry for a Shadow, which was, uh, I think, an, an, an original by the Beatles, but... Uh, referencing the shadows of, of a huge instrumental group from Britain. And here is John talking about uh, Brian Epstein. Brian was a, a beautiful guy, Brian Epstein, and he was a, an intuitive, theatrical guy, and he knew we had something, and he presented us well. I secured them an audition at Decker on New Year's Day, 1962. They came to London and stayed at the Royal Hotel, paying 27 shillings a night for bed and breakfast. They were poor and I wasn't rich, but we all celebrated with rum and scotch and coke, which was becoming a Beatle drink even then. Wait, rum, scotch, and coke. Okay. That's the, that's, that's the Beatles drink? So they have the, uh, the Decca audition, uh, Searchin', Three Cool Cats. That's a good song. Sheik of Araby. Like Dreamers Do. And uh, Hello, Little Girl. So this was the Decca audition, and let's see how it turned out with Mr. Epstein. Well, the recording test came and went. The people that decide about these things at Decca said no. Well, you could imagine. What? They must, they must have kicked themselves later. What? We could have signed the Beatles. We were like, yeah, no. We don't like it. I was more worried about what I was going to say to the boys, having built up their hopes. So I allowed myself a final 24 hours to exhaust the remaining disc companies, and I booked into the Green Park Hotel. In the morning, I took a cab to the EMI office block in Manchester Square, London, to meet the man who, 
would, within less than two years, produce 16 number one discs by my artists. Is that uh, George Martin, I'm assuming? So here are some more songs. Besame Mucho. Love Me Do. The slow version. How Do You Do It. Please Please Me No Harmonica version. And then a couple takes of uh, One After 909, which would eventually show up on uh, the Let It Be album. Now I have to say, there's something about this Primordial Beatles, and it's interesting to hear, and some of it's kind of good, but let's face it, I mean, those DECA sessions, these demos, um, this band was not and in my opinion, would not have become the Beatles as we knew them. For all of this stuff, and uh, like Frank said, uh, Decca was kicking themselves, uh, and maybe they should have, and maybe they had some idea that they could have done the same thing with this group, but not enough credit could ever possibly be given to George Martin, as far as I can see. George Martin took these raw guys, and he had this idea. And, and if you, you even hear it, there are some solo recordings, instrumentals that George Martin did both before and during the Beatles. This guy had his own creative way of seeing music. And I don't know how much he imposed it, or, well, at the beginning he did. I would say, at the very beginning, those first few Beatles albums, George Martin, very quietly, and not so subtly, made the Beatles sound, and was there to say, no, that doesn't work, here, try this, and that warmed the Beatles' idea. Bands didn't have creative ideas about what to do in the studio. They just went in and recorded the record, and especially rock and roll, R&B, pop music bands, it was about performing. And the Beatles, I mean, they were the first ones to stop touring and just record albums. A lot of the innovations, write their own songs, really. A lot of these innovations came out of the collaboration between George Martin and the Beatles. If you look at an album by anybody, band or solo rock and roll artist, before the Beatles, I mean, aside from Buddy Holly, they didn't write the songs. I mean, maybe they wrote a song, but there were songwriters in the Brill Building, and they came up with these songs. Anyways, uh, and the Carnival of Light, that's another one that I'm not sure there's not much there to listen to, especially from even Paul's comments about it. It was... Uh, instrumental, not even musical piece that they created for a festival. And I'm not even sure it's as interesting as Revolution Number no. 9, which, let's, I mean, when I was a kid and had that White Album, I probably had every part of it memorized in my head. And when I hear it, the rare times I play it anymore, that possibly inspired my audio collage or the stuff 
that inspired me to do audio collage. It's just a brilliant avant-garde piece. But once again, when when I think of the Beatles, I think of Beatle songs, not their experimental stuff. Call me. And for somebody who's like Mr. Experimental like I am, I feel almost hypocritical in saying that, but there it is. <laughs> And then there's a song that's grayed out called Lend Lend Me Your Comb. I guess they lost the rights to that or something. I'll get you live on Sunday night at the London Palladium. I'll get you. One, two, three. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's another interview. We were performers in Liverpool, Hamburg, and around the dance halls, you know, and what we generated was fantastic. Well, we played straight rock. And there was nobody to touch us in Britain, you know. So these are now uh, five songs from Live the for the Beatles, pop group from Liverpool visiting Stockholm. So this is them performing in Sweden. I saw her standing there, From Me to You, Money, You Really Got a Hold on Me, and Roll Over Beethoven. <clears throat> and that is the the first disc. A lot going on, right? Let's now get to the second disc, starting at the uh, live at the Prince of Wales Theatre in London in 1963. Uh, this and this is uh, I think like a royal performance or something. Starting off with "She Loves You," then "Till There Was You." There were. Oh, this is, I love this song by that Paul sing. Oh, wait, he intros it, but it must be on the previous track. Here, here we go. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Well, so, the next song we'd like to sing now is one which is a bit slower. This is from the show The Music Man, and it's also been recorded by our favorite American group, Sophie Tucker. There were bells on a hill There were bells on a hill But I never heard the And then here's John's uh, famous line To the rich people For our last number, I'd like to ask your help Would the people in the cheaper seats clap your hands? And the rest of you, if you just rattle your jewelry. Classic line there. Thank you. We'd like to sing a song called Twist and Shout. One, two, three. Let's see. Then we have uh, two songs live on two of a kind, This Boy and I Want to Hold Your Hand. Interview. And what I was thinking was, uh, would you like to do a number with us? You know, we'd like to do a number together. Yeah, yeah. It's the gay sisters. They've got what is this? Gay sisters. This is This is the Beatles. Hello, Beatles. Where is he? Where is he? There he is. Hello, Bongo. 
Oh, this is more from Two of a Kind. As you can gather, this is Eric. Say hello to Eric. Yeah. Hello, Eric. Hello. Is this Morecambe and Wise or something? Short, fat, hairy legs. No, no, no. It, no, he's, he's the one with the short, fat, hairy Anyways, legs. Anyway, it's a comedy bit. Oh, Moonlight Bay. I don't know. I don't recognize this song. We were solely alone. Oh, it's like a, a comedy bit. Yeah, I'm, I've seen this, uh, that comedy bit. Can't Buy Me Love takes one and two. Can't Buy Me Love. And then All My Loving from the Ed Sullivan Show. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan was before my time. I never like sat down and watched Ed Sullivan. I think by the time I was aware of watching television, I think he was off the air. And I'll miss you tomorrow. I'll miss you. And here's some... Uh, Alternate takes. A one, two, three, four. You, you can't do that. And I love her. Take two. That was take six. Yeah. Here's a hard day's night. Take one. This is actually a really, really good record. I haven't listened to the anthologies in such a long time. It's been a hard day's night. And here is live for Around the Beatles. This must be like another TV show or something. Long Tell Sally. I'm gonna tell Mary, John. Boys. Shout. Shout, like shout, shout, let it all out. No, that song hadn't been written yet. You know you make me wanna shout. Yes, a different kind of shout. I'll be a couple takes of I'll be back. What is this, the Terminator song? I'll be back. Dem- and some demos, you know what to do. When I see you, I just don't know what to say. Hmm. No reply. No reply, take one. One, two, three, four, one. This happens once before, but I can't do your door. No reply. And everyone's favorite song, I know this was a bit controversial here on, on the Central, Mr. Moonlight takes one in four. My kitten alone. No reply. Take two. This happened once before. This happened once before. I can't do your door. No reply. And here's some false starts of eight days a week. Okay. Is it just me and you? One, two, three, four. Ooh, 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 
I need your love, babe. Guess you know it's true. And then take five. You can hear how the songs develop to the final version. This is a very different. Finally, we have Kansas City, Hey, 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 take two. Kansas City. Oh, look, they have the Free as a Bird music video here. Let's see. How does this look? I remember this was like a big thing when this came out. First new Beatles song in something like 16 years, 70 no, 80, no, 20, 26 years? Yes, to 1980, to 1990, yes, 26 years. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's about right. Flying around a little room here. Flying over, the, over uh, a, a town. Liverpool, maybe? All sorts of old footage. All right, we don't need to watch this. You can watch this on your own time. Anyway, I wanted to see where we can find... I'm going to go to the Internet Archive. I'm trying to see, are, like, how can we watch the Beatles anthology? Let me see if it's on any streaming service. All right. The Beatles anthology is not available for streaming anywhere, anyhow. It's completely not available. That, that's what it says on Just Watch. So let's see... Um, See if we can find it on the. And I know I found it on the archive before. Beatles anthology. Why is it not available anywhere? Beatles anthology. Ooh, the Beatles anthology book. Look at this. And I think we have to search for Beatles VHS collection. I think that's Beatles VHS. I think is the uh, the Beatles VHS collection uh, is a uh, and it has. Yes, Beatles Anthology, ABC Broadcast version 95, and it's four hours, 45 minutes, so it's all three, apparently. And here's the Beatles Anthology book. We have to borrow it. All right, whatever. Then we don't need to look at the book. Here we go. Yeah, so just go on the Internet Archive at archive.org and search for the Beatles VHS collection, and the fourth item in there is, is this uh, complete broadcast. There's that the Beatles logo that eventually became their logo. I don't know. I don't know the history of that logo though. The Beatles anthology. Yeah, we got. It. We should all watch this. I'm gonna try to watch it. It's the very beginning. They're in Liverpool, I'm assuming. <clears throat> yes, it says Liverpool. Yes. There's a building. <coughs> Some muddy water. There are places I remember. So it's kind of like a an emotional uh, montage of uh, footage. There are places I remember. Oh, there they are in the Cavern Club. So some have changed. Yes. Anyway, you can check it out at some point. 
So there you go. I think that that about does it for Anthology One. Actually, a really good, uh, really good album. A lot going on here. A good resource for uh, early Beatles uh, material. And of course, we have two more to go. We'll do those uh, soon. Back to you, PQ. Thank you so much, Frank. Yep, the the anthologies. They really are a tidying up at this point on the central, and it had to be done. And that's why I'm putting two and three together. Uh, Whip through them. Uh, Just talk about the highlights because they really are, for all the importance of the material on it, it really could have been done in one two CD set, no? And uh, I'm curious to know what was on the highlights real of that because um yep that that that, to me like and and of course i'm the opinionator as well as the appreciator to me cuts like cayenne the few outtakes that are really good not just them fumbling through a song and oh here's here we are messing this song up here's the bad harmonies version um it just I don't know. Maybe it's overkill. And I was such a Beatles fan that I would listen to all this stuff and enjoy it at some point. And maybe the old bristly PQ River. Uh, who has time for this? Why don't you just listen to a good Beatle album? Is uh, my revisionist old cranky PQ River or Brett? Yeah, I got to get used to calling myself Brett too because. PQ River is kind of this artifice that was built over years, and being Brett is cool enough in its own way, if I'm cool at all. Uh, Can you see the real me, can you? And uh, speaking of real, we're going to get real about Anthology 2 and 3, and again, I'm looking for somebody who is sick of the Beatles, who hates the Beatles, has a different take on them to toss their two cents into the wind while we're still talking about it. Um, So either of those, if you want to talk about the rest of the anthologies, any Beatle album, pro or con, or the Beatles, here's how you do it. To make the next transmission, uh, you should probably get me your audio file by the 19th of June, 2023, at, I don't know, uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, give or take, and you'll be pretty sure of being part of it. I mean, Frank, yeah, Frank will be here. Uh, come heck or high water but you you, you've been neglecting us i think come on in and say hey hey brett cut this out already with the beatles um and don't forget we're gonna have at least one show on solo beatle albums uh I, I, i was gonna do a george and a john and a paul and a ringo show but we're milking this and i completely confess it was it was fine to do all the canon albums but now all this addendum let's uh, tie this all up in a little neat bow and uh, go on to other exciting topics here on the overnight scape central that's what i'm looking forward to um and just record something you can use the memo function of your phone and just send it and uh, the where when you do that the email address remains kpqr 
kpqr.torc at gmail.com, kpqr.torc at gmail.com. And that's for uh, correspondence, Uh, anything that you don't want to put in the comments wherever you've heard this. Um, And yeah, like that there. I thank you for listening and putting up with me and my uh, driveling, uh, because some of it's entertainium, don't you think? You see, that's the difference. When it's good, it's entertainium. When it's it's driveling, which can be good too in its own interesting night radio way, because that's the point. Uh, Sometimes I lose the thread, and I'm thinking something else, but the voice in the night. That's the story. And uh, until the next time we meet, by all means, set the controls for the heart of the fun.